Welcome to Chew the Fat. In this series, I sit down with high-performance guests and we talk about life, business, and what it takes to be at the top. This is part of my mission to raise a million dollars for charity by writing a cookbook called Eat With Purpose. But I'm gonna need your help. If you can share the content and leave a review, it's gonna make a massive impact. And the bigger the audience, the greater the reach, and the sooner we can get to that million dollar goal. Enjoy the episode. Oh, wow. This is serious, like this is serious. proper. This is serious. Proper. Mate. So you asked for, today my good sir, a steak tartare. Uh, inside there, I've, what I've done is I've pickled some onions. So a little homemade pickled onions. Wow. We've got sweet potato as a crisp. Uh, and then inside the tartare, bunch of different herbs, spices. And then finally, I've just finished it off with some fried garlic. Uh, I don't know if it was a LinkedIn post or an Instagram post the other day, you had mentioned you'd started like a fitness journey, fitness and like health. Gotta stay fit for another 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like amazing. Mm, good, good. Fred Shibesta, founder of finder.com, serial entrepreneur, and a raving fan of crypto. Welcome to Chew the Fat. Thank you so much. So mix it up today. Had the had the dish before. Hopefully enjoy the little steak tartare there. Uh, just so everyone knows, Frank just aced this. <laughs> like literally, the guys just like pulled out a cheeky Frank, like cheeky Frank steak tartare version, south of France level, just quietly. Yeah. This is just. This is not like you know. Oh, I'm just gonna go and make you know like have a go. This is like genuine. So everyone who's listening knows that. I, I I hope they. If anybody invites me to home like this, that's the level of expectation you can have. The first question I have for you is, if I look at your your career, your life, the the many successes, and with those successes, of course, has come you know financial success as well. What's the thing that still drives you today to keep wanting to push? Um, well, I think that um, my, I, I feel like I've, <laughs> it's funny, I don't see it as like a, like a start and a finish. I see it as a always on game. Mm. So it's never going to end. Um, and I think within that never ending game, um, the, you know, it's like, it's like a horizons. Mm. So it's like, I get to this horizon. And I'm like, Oh, what's over there? <laughs> and then I see this and Oh, well now what's over there? You know, it's kind of a wandering journey rather than a, 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 a straight line planned journey. I would say a much more of a wanderer and I wander into all sorts of weird and wacky things. Um, but I think if you go back into the core, like the, what's driving, I love the creative process and the, the, the creative act and I, I celebrate creativity. Um, I just love to be creative. Um, like I'm a, oh, there's a part of me, just a little kid that's still there and just plays with ideas and plays with thoughts. And that, th that's what I find fun. It's, 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 there isn't, you know, I'm just lucky that there's a way to channel that into like an economic outcome and maybe that is there is a measure of success in that like some do well some don't do well and some do really well i'd say it's a sort of seven do terribly two do pretty good and one does just out of the park you know in general um and i'm kind of just always seeking outlets to find and deploy this creativity and my goal is to create something that's so remarkable and so unique that it creates a legacy. Mm. That people look back and they go, oh, that he, he created that thing or he was you know, part of the team that made that thing or whatever it may be. And I just don't think I found that yet, still seeking. Why do you think that idea of the legacy is really important to you? That's a, that's a very deep question. Um, Welcome to Chew the Fat. That's a, that's a, that's a, a really good one. Um, it's probably something I need to probably, you know, invest more time and understand myself why. I think there's probably something about just the temporal nature of our existence 
and how it's kind of this small fleeting moment mm. in the universe and, you know, in, I think in every – not everyone has this desire but I think, as you know, some people just didn't, didn't think about it but for me I think it's just trying to make, a, make some sort of mark in the universe or some sort of – edifice that that, that 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 i was here it's like you know people climb up tall mountains or mm-hmm. hills and they put little rocks upon thing or whatever you know like i don't know that's probably the that's the child in me that's coming out <laughs> and i think that you know what's the strategy there is that i think people have a pretty good chance of like human humanity has a pretty good chance of survival and because it has a pretty good chance of survival putting sort of psycho assets mm into the cognition of humanity that that carried along throughout time i think is one of my better chances of doing that i'm like i don't know if i'm i guess i see myself as an artist but not in a not in the same sense same artistry as a you know a designer or like there are things that i'm involved behind the scenes in designing or product designs like i'm i'm like, like I guess directing, producing. Mm. I guess I still see myself as an artist in a way. You know, you think about art, even like through major wars, mm. there were these things, these pieces of paper or canvas that were carried around and protected, mm. even more so than a whole series of other things. And it just stays on the, you know, with humanity throughout time. There's like a stamp. They're often a stamp of time in history. Yeah. Like, like, a, like a cultural artifact or, 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 or you know, a, a, this idea of an oyster that's stuck on, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a good analogy. I like that. And so, like, honing in on that creative side, like, how do you foster creativity today? Like, how do you continually make sure you're in the right places at the right times to have those creative moments? I think I naturally choose projects where creativity is required where you have to either start something or reinvent something um or um and normally in those two instances creativity is at a premium Mm. um, because you need to invent yeah where there is blank space where there is new space uh, and that's what drew me a lot lot to crypto as well because it's so new and the internet as well you know i started in 2000 in the internet that's you know (laughs) Okay, it's not like in the 80s, right. but like that was a pretty... It's early stages. Pretty early, yeah. yeah. Like before hashtags, you know, or like, like before smartphones, before, you know, dial-up. Like that's when I was, bu- I was building sites and you'd refresh the page on, with a dial-up modem and it would take a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that noise. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's starting in 2000. Was that in just in the journey in the internet as, as such or was that specifically... No, Finder was 2006, is that right? Yeah, 2006, yeah. yeah. So did you go through a wave during that dot-com era? Like where you had, was there any initial success through that or you just kind of starting to learn? I did build an agency, a digital marketing agency and yeah. sold it uh, in 2006, 2007. Okay. Um, I was 26. It's, it's pretty, yeah, I didn't really know. I was like such a young kid. Yeah. It's like <laughs> hilarious actually thinking back. I look at, you know I mean? Mid twenty six year old look like oh, I was like that. Wow. Like <laughs> I think by going back to the creative part, I think what's another thing that's really important is to curate where you are and the environment you're in. Um reduce to the noise, open it for space. And when I say open it for space, obviously very carefully select who the people are mm. in the room. Yep. That's a really, it's absolutely critical mm. that energy needs to flow and that, because ideas come, ideas don't make sense, right? Like you, they, they're not straight line. Oh, I'm, you sit down in a room and out, you, you go, I know where we're going to get to after this, said no one doing a creative <laughs> process. You know, <laughs> the other day I walked in thinking we're going to do some AI thing. We walked out with some social media thing, you know, yeah. it's just, that's normal. That's, I was like, that is the creative, like honoring the creative process means that you're okay with that and giving space to it and allowing people to go down tangents mm. and then knowing when to bring it back but to, and then those tangents spark other things back 
and bring back the goal and that connects another dot and suddenly you're in this whole you've seen the whole space and the whole and a lot of it unfortunately is that you'll go back to you get lost and you have to go back and question hey why are we doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> why are we here yeah. wait did we wait how did we get here what and and that that's that means we're in a good zone or mm. in um to come back you know i i just think Yeah, the curation of the people. And when I say curation of the people, I think one of the things is that they're not people who are going to be like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's just go with your idea. Yeah, yeah. Not just yes people surrounding you. You can't have that. Yeah. You're not going to get a creative mm. process then. You're going to get a just, you know, a coercion yeah, towards, yeah. A, towards an idea. And normally what's weird, um, I've discovered with most of the creative processes my idea tends to not be chosen 95% of yeah. the time because it's so out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> and off. It's just off. I look at my, I'm like, I'm just not, it's, but the, but the, the hosting of the process, mm. the curation of the people, the, the, that, that's the part that I hold space for. So let's contextualize. <clears throat> There's probably two different types of audience today. One that might be in that early stage, I want to create an idea. I want to start a business. And then the other one is, you know, I'm, I'm in a business and what's our next thing? Mm. Let's start with the first person. Let's start with that person who's like, okay, you know, I don't have Fred's connections. You know, who, who should I bring in the room? Like let's, let's help contextualize for them so they know what that, what does that next step action look like for that person who's like, I want to create an idea. Mm. I want to have something amazing in business. I, I think, um, I think we were talking about this before. Um, the, the funny thing I think about really good businesses and most of the time, and I don't think, this is sort of honored enough, but it's, it's a lot about timing. Mm. And there are a lot of ideas. If you go back to the internet as well, like let's go back to the early 90s, even late 90s, there were full video streaming platforms. <laughs> there were video platforms. It's Pre all been, it all been done. Yeah. There, were, there were online food delivery services. There, were, there was like pets.com delivering new dog food. And it all fell over. Yeah. Now you go today, we everyone buys their you know groceries online you buy pet food stores on you know sometimes ideas um don't have you're just not in the right right place right time mm. and so what does that mean that doesn't that, that's obviously that's that's high risk <laughs> you know i can imagine you're staring at that going okay am i in the right time <laughs> yeah but um the second thing i wanted to say i think if you add is that i actually think most ideas are just remixes of previous ideas. Yeah, they're really they're, you. You don't need to do a lot of creativity. Mm. Um, if if the creativity is in choosing that, number one, what is the thing you're going to remix, mm. and then adding or subtracting something. Mm. Generally, you know, I, the way I, I know I boil it down to a simple example. I think I think I've used this. I don't know if I, I told you this, but the other day, but I think about the yogurt industry. Mm. You go back like into the 90s. Yogurt or yoga? Yogurt. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the yoga industry later. <laughs> I don't really know <laughs> much about yoga, <laughs> as you can tell from my physique. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Um, oh, the yogurt, I like it. You know, remember yogurt, you go back, uh, that's sort of 80s, 90s, you got like little, little tubs and big tubs. Mm. And then you've got to spoon this stuff into a bowl. And now you've basically, um, you know, and you kind of, it's kind of messy when you spoon it, it slops a bit and you know, like it's, uh, this ain't kid friendly. Yeah. Right? It's totally unkid friendly. You can't like, you can't give them from their lunchbox. You can't, you know, this is, this is, and it was, it was, it was, it was kind of like, it was a bit of a thing. Now you've got two dishes, you've got the spoon in the bowl, probably got a whole bunch of mess. And then the yogurt thing you've bought in such a container, then you forget about it. La, 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 la. It's, you know, it's annoying. Right. And then the yogurt industry went, Oh, um, we've got a problem in our growth. They're just literally like, you know, plateaued. And they're like, what are we going to do? Well, actually, the, you know, some smart consultants got together and said, hey, actually the biggest problem is just people can't eat it very easily. User error. Yeah. They just literally, it's too hard. It's inconvenient. And so then they went and just went, okay, they invented those little squeezy things. Yep, my son loves them. <laughs> yeah. Like literally yogurt, yogurt sales and like just on the tear, just couldn't eat it. And, you know, so... Those people who made those, those 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 businesses who made those 
um, that yogurt um, container didn't invent yogurt. Mm. They didn't invent the demand for yogurt. They didn't market yogurt. They just changed the way it's delivered. That's it. And so I think when, you, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm looking at like businesses and ideas and opportunities, I think just sort of think a little less and just go through your day. And, and normally what I think really powerful businesses is the, the next, next thing is or just, just, you know, you're trying to go through your day, basically I'll finish that idea, finish that thought is that go through your day and you find problems and you're like, oh, that could be done like this. Mm. And you might go on a bit of a creative process to go and investigate that. It's a little seed that you sort of plant and you put a little water in and see where it goes. You haven't actually started building your business. You're just investigating. You're letting it see where it naturally takes its course. Um, and then what, what, what I think really fertile seeds or really be, are better seeds where you either love something or you have a deep, deep, deep domain knowledge. Mm. those are like you put those in they naturally you're like oh well i know it needs this fertilizer and that you know kind of the so like my first business was a digital marketing agency so when i build a website i know how to market it mm. you know i don't need that fan most fancy idea i just just give me an idea that works and i can just market it like crazy and and and, and so that's sort of that's a very basic process of how fine i created right that domain expertise i think if you can go and find something you love or find something, and I love finance, I just, mm. you know, I don't know, I just, I like investing, I like money in banks and banks and so those things are kind of, I don't know, I, I kind of like this. Um, and so if you take those kind of ingredients um, and you plant those seeds and they'll, they'll sort of flourish into places and your next phase is to take one of those and go, okay, well, it's naturally gone to here. Now I'm going to craft something. Now the crafting process begins, and you're gonna you're gonna go and work on this idea, create something, take it from where it is into something else that you've remixed. You've got this idea and put something out there. And then the last part, I think, of the process is you're adding your creative mix to it, mm. your your personal element. And you know what it'll come from? It'll come from how the brand looks, what feels good to you. That's your unique element. And branding is a defensive mode. You can mm -hmm. defend a product. You know, like, you know, Nike sells shoes. I mean, selling shoes, you just put things on your feet. That ain't new invention. It's just got a, like an unbelievable yeah. brand that stitch other over the top that makes them be able to sell it for 3X the margin. And the guy literally in the beginning, you know, went around in his boots selling someone else's shoes, yes. right? <laughs> such a like commodity story. level. It's such, a, such a good story. I love that. Um, so, so uh, you know, I think... Those are the three phases and those that's where I'd look. Mm, okay. And then with, with regards to the curating those right people in the room for that individual, like who might they need to look for in their life to, to have that space? I, I think of it like um, if you were, you know, <laughs> this is the funniest analogy, but I always <laughs> get back to is it. Say like right now we're like, okay, we need to exit the earth mm. and get in a rocket ship yes. right now and go to Mars because that's the one we can potentially, you know, a little, I think there's a little bit too much nitrogen there. Um, <laughs> or no, I think we've got a lot of nitrogen here in the air, but I think they've got something else like hydrogen. Or something that's not good, right? Yeah, no, yeah, carbon dioxide, not, I think. Yeah, it's not ideal. Big. It's not ideal, right? Yeah. It's too high yeah. concentration and we wouldn't be able to breathe it. Um, we're going to have to go deal with that. But let's just imagine we have to do that. Like, who would you literally call right now to go and do that? Those are a good starting people to at least go and take your idea to. And then there's another person, I think, is the person who basically um, in your life edits your life for you. They probably don't, you know, they may have done something or, or generally it's better if they have, but they literally will give you feedback that's cutting and you know is going to be, like, it's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. But it's good for you. Yeah. I got a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everybody who knows exactly who you are. <laughs> that's good. Okay, so that and that's a really good frame there because it's contextual. It's yeah. like what is the problem you're trying to solve and who are the people in your life that you think might be the closest potential to be able to solve that. For yeah. whatever or they it is, may know and, someone else yes, as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things you said before really stands out to me because I think it's a challenge as we grow in business about having the people around us who are not just yes people. Mm. And I don't know if you found this, but I certainly did in my career, is the, the bigger the business get, became, the more important you become in the business, your, your role and your title becomes all big and scary. And people are more likely 
to be the yes people than they are the no because they don't want to challenge the authority, et cetera, et cetera. How do you cultivate that to make sure that people, when you're having these creative jam sessions or whatever it might be, aren't those yes people in your life? I just don't bring them in the room. Yeah. <laughs> do they need to be a certain type of person? Is it like um, other people who maybe had exits of similar size or, or just it's more like in that person's nature? No, yeah, I don't, they're just in their nature. They're mm. like, they're confident in themselves. They believe in their ideas. Um, they have a point of view. Yeah. I remember uh, there's a guy, a really great um, VC, um, uh, Jeff Ransdell in, out of Miami. And he um, um, has a saying, you know, um, if you sit on the fence, you leave your testicles exposed. <laughs> so, that's probably a bit strong, right? But, but basically, if you don't have a point of view... Yeah. You're gonna get targeted. Yes. You need to be on one. You need to have a view. Yes. And and otherwise you're not contributing. You're mm. just you're just a keyboard warrior. Yeah. Or you're an armchair expert. Yeah. You're not actually contributed anything. And there are lots of people in, you know, that can edit and write stuff. And but actually getting in the arena, getting mm. your face dirty. Yeah. Be willing to say things that you can get put down. Yeah. For. Shot yeah. down yeah. and be wrong. Yeah. Oh, I could, I could just could potentially be wrong, but I'm gonna, st- I'm, I'll die on the hill for this. Mm. I want to hear what you've got to say. Tell me, what will you die on the hill for? Yeah, is that asking me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's ask yeah. Frank. What, what, what would I die on the hill for? Yeah, what, what, what? Okay, let's contextualize. Um, you know, let's go. What, what's one thing that you would die on the hill for that you think other people would not, but you truly believe? Oh, that's good, Fred. Um, thank you for having me on your podcast, firstly and foremost. Um, that's a really good question. I, I don't can't quit steak tart. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know someone who can, but he's in my, he's in my network. Yeah. Um, oh, when it comes to an idea, that's a... You know what? Let me... Uh, I'll, I'm going to bring it to this concept of me writing the cookbook, Eat With Purpose, and, and selling a million dollars worth of copies. When I first brought that out to life and spoke about it, um, I think anybody who didn't know me was immediately shocked about the confidence that I wouldn't say, and I'm going to try, it's I'm going to, and I'm going to sell a million dollars. And, and even the concept of like, but like fundraising is, is different, et cetera, et cetera. You go and ask for money. It's like you're building this product, you've created this niche, plus you're building the brand. Uh, and people were... Even, you know, my wife is incredible and amazing, but I had this conversation with her. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write this cookbook. How I'm going to get the sales is I'm going to get enough people following along the journey to like buy into it that when it comes out, we're going to sell. And I had the conversation with Byron and I go, what I need to do is hire Kai and I legit put down the phone. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm speaking to her. And as I say, I'm going to hire Kai, I pick up my phone. She goes, what are you doing? And I go, calling Kai, I'm going to hire him. <laughs> and I call him that moment and I go and offer him the job. And so that would be my thing. It's like when you back yourself in certain areas, it's like only you truly know. What about you? What would you die on there? Which, which, which idea would you die on the hill for? I have a number of different ideas, but um, <laughs> a lot of them I put my money on the table. So mm. that's, that's a... <laughs> That's usually a good sign. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that's a pretty strong conviction. Um, that other people don't believe. That's that's that, that's um, the tricky part. Uh, yeah, the, the challenging part is I can probably I can probably argue back that someone there will be someone out there that would believe. Yeah, you know, just to sort of sit back. I, I have this thesis, so this is really strong that. Humans, like we're essentially going to be, we, we have created the, um, you know, digit, we're going to create the digital version of ourselves. Mm. In order to, we're not physically built to time travel mm. or travel large distances, but we're going to build a way with technology and that's our purpose is to come out of the primordial soup of um, or, or organic matter into a digital version of ourselves to... Um, like you could literally just transport ourselves at the speed of light mm. to other parts of the universe and then execute a uh, a physical process. Yeah. And I think that that concept and idea is, yeah, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> but I lean into AI and I lean mm. into robotics and just see it as like we're just like an evolution. It's like natural steps. A natural, like a natural 
acceptance of my frailty. <laughs> yes. In in being organic matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, like think about too. Here's wacky. What's a wacky one? Think about eating. Eating is bonkers. Right? Yeah. Let's get a large amount of things. Yeah. Put them into a boiling pot of of acid. Take out a lot of the minerals. Just burn it up. And like yeah. really, like dredge it down, and then run it through a massive line, and hopefully pick oh, out a few bugs. bits yeah. on the way. And if not, then just throw a whole bunch of other stuff in and then just exit everything out. Yes. It's true. Or we just plug into a wall. <laughs> like, 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 can we just maybe refine this and only put in what we need? Like, is there any optimization here? It's just a bludgeoned. And, and then on the other side, but you I think there's this other part of humanity that we completely don't understand the subconscious where, you know, ideas are sort of out there and then... I don't think we don't realise how this sentience and this consciousness mm. and like, you know when an idea comes in and then you don't know where that came from? Mm. Like, like in you, your own mind? In your own mind. Absolutely. And, and you couldn't sit there with a piece of paper and rationally work that out. Yeah. I think there's a lot more going on than we mm. we are able to yet calculate or empirically, scientifically understand. Mm. When you say that, it that definitely jumps out at me. It's something I've thought about before. Like for so we were talking about that different creative process in the in that group setting. I have my own version. I'm reasonably creative, not like super highly creative. My version is like an example is like I might be on a plane between here and Melbourne. And you have all these things in your mind that are kind of whirling away. I just sit there, write everything that's on my mind right then and there, regardless of what it is. I then write down all of my spinning plates. So yep. what are the different things that I like my brain's trying to subconsciously process? I park that piece of paper and I just sit there. You know, no headphones in and I kind of sit there. And just to your point there, things just pop into your mind when you've kind of created that little space for it. You're like, okay, what kind of, what's the topic perhaps I want to be thinking about? And then they just pop into your mind. It is a bit, it's, it is definitely strange. <laughs> I, we could go down on a deep rabbit hole here, but like it's literally like it's kind of almost given to you. It's like, here you go. <laughs> Here's this idea. I, so I, I'm building an idea. I, I, I honour that. That, that's to me part of the creative process. Mm. Why you, and and you know, like I've heard that um, cricket batsmen, mm. when the ball is bowled with most fast bowlers, it actually it comes so quickly out of the hand, hits the hits the grass, and then goes and arrives to the player before your eyes and your brain can process. And they're so they're purely playing from instinct. Yes, you know, and I, I think the other thing I think is we don't think about breathing that often mm. <laughs> or moving that amount of chemical hormone from here to there. So there's a lot going on. Mm. I reckon we're like kind of 10% awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just basically, you were just writing a letter to your yeah, yeah. awesome subconscious process <laughs> yeah. going, hey, mate, can you calculate this for me? Yeah. Thanks. And you just throw it over the wall and he throws it back <laughs> yeah. and you're like, you're like, oh, wow, thank you so much. <laughs> Jesus, I'm smarter than I remember. Yeah, wow. <laughs> like I got that. That's why, I, that's why I did that boiling process. Yes, that's good. Okay, so let's take it for those people listening today. Mm. Um, I'm thinking about like a key takeaway for them in, in, in business. And so wh where I want to get to is like if there was one piece of advice that you could give to that early stage startup who's about to go and tackle the business world, mm. what would it be? <laughs> I've got a few ideas. but <laughs> I, think, I think what I read, and I think this is something really cool, um, and, and this is just my opinion, but I read about um, Sequoia and how they chose their investments. Mm. And Sequoia went through and basically funded all of the um, tech companies that made the computer revolution, like all through the stack of yep. the computer. And what they basically did was they actually didn't care that much about the founder. Really? <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they, they didn't, even if they're quite annoying and, you know, dictator-ish like or they were like we don't care all we care about is how big the market is wow and if we're going to get there because you know someone with enough passion and then that that's a that's a different way of thinking mm, mm. yeah i feel like usually it's like quite contrarian like often it's like very much founder driven their decision making um so choose a good market um you know like hippopotamus umbrellas are probably in low, 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 you know, <laughs> low demand, strike, right? yeah. you know, but like, you know, 
generally there are things go for a big market mm-hmm. go for something big yeah um and then the next thing is go and find something and do something unique mm. as best you possibly can um and, and that, that i don't want that vector i don't want it to come across like oh it must be like completely every single part of it unique probably mm-hmm. most of it's not going to be yep. maybe two percent will but that two percent is what the in, you're going to be indexed on yeah um and be okay with that um, I think the last thing is um, people. In choosing people, don't go and make big deals early that are long-term. Okay. Make really just like like you're dating, you know? Like slow it down. You're going to do this for a long time. If, you, if you're committed, you know, I'm assuming anyone who's listening is, you're talking like you know, five to ten years we're going to do this. Mm. That's a long campaign, yeah. and, and I was I was married for seven, so that was a one big campaign. By the way, my ex wife is an amazing person, love her a lot. So she removed out, and my current partner as well. Like so, but you know, long term campaigns, you don't need to go and make all the deals and sign it with everyone and get mm. everything done immediately. Just hire slow, and it's, you know, everyone says hire slow and you know fire fast. But just in the very beginning, particularly, I I always think that companies. They just take people in really, really fast. They're just mm. people that are around them and they're like the scarcity factor yes. or this, I must get this person in. Like if your idea is going to work, like timing might be a thing in terms of how fast you need to go. That, that can be a factor. But just take it easy on the per- people. If you've made an idea, it'll just start to attract mm. the right people and don't just fill voids. The worst thing I like, I think... I would suggest to avoid is, oh, we need someone now. It doesn't really matter if it works out or not. That's going to cause you so many headaches. I've made that mistake so many times. (laughs) So many times, Fred. That one. (laughs) Yeah. Where were you? Where were you 10 years ago? (laughs) That's the one I just, just slow down. People will come to you. And when you say those people and those deals, are you talking both employment as well as like shareholding opportunities or most more? Everything. Yeah. Just slow down. Naturally, you will attract energy because of the energy you're putting out and people who come to work for you, investment, partnerships, you know, all the things that you that are alluring in the beginning. Mm. Just slow down. Just take it easy. You know, like those decisions have major waves in the rest of your life. Mm. I say life yeah. because it becomes your life. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and so just slow down a bit it's okay it's not gonna nothing gonna you wait a, wait a, wait a, wait a week mm. just you, you you're you're and, and 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 here's the one thing i, I listened to warren buffett he said you know it's one I, I, I one thing he said and it just resonated with me so much he said the he said the one luxury i have of running my own business only one thing I have and that's the, I get to choose the people I do and do not work with mm. that is just like timeless wisdom <laughs> yes. that just resonates <laughs> yes that's so very right. true and normally you know I think anyone who's run a business right now I bet you this, and I, I say this and I say it with there's normally someone you should go and fire right now they are just etching your soul yeah <laughs> they are causing you grief yeah and they are not a force multiplier mm. And you need to go and deal with it today. Have you ever let go of that person and regretted it? No. No. <laughs> I've never heard someone say yes. It's, it always, <laughs> it's always, I regret not doing that sooner. Yeah. <laughs> it always creates space for the new. Yeah. yeah. Let, that, let, let, the creative, let the creative energy come back in at that moment. That, oh, that's the, yeah. So that's, that would be my suggestion. And you've worked with, with many early stage businesses, many scale ups. What are the common traits from either the individuals or the businesses that you are noticing have a disproportionate success opportunity? <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but I think there's a healthy amount of anxiety that people live with. <laughs> Like I'm gonna die in the next ninety days. Yeah. yeah. Thirty. Yeah. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe seven days, yeah. forty eight hours yeah. sometimes, right? And I think it's healthy to live in that 
zone, it can get a bit unhealthy. Mm. But I think there's a healthy amount of the candle's always burning. Mm. Let's get it done now. Right now. Like literally, let's open the spreadsheet up. Oh, we're going to go and make this plan. Okay, open the spreadsheet up, start typing the numbers in. Yes. And right now. Because that's all like... like and I've seen that time and time. They just do, 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 do. Um, and, and, you know, it stacks when you get, you know, when you have kids, then it stacks even more because mm. you have even less time. And then so it, it amplifies it even further. And if you don't have that, then it makes it, it gets really quite complicated. Um, there are other founders as well that are much more, you know, analytical, uh, but a huge bias to action. Yes. Um, and it's so funny. I think, um, and this is probably a reflection. I'd say over the long, long twenty years or last twenty years, twenty-five, whatever it is. I think like my bias has always been to making decisions in the moment or close to, yes, or at least a decision, and then going and changing if it's wrong. But learning from that, and then, you know, I've gotten. You know, a little bit better probably at, at sort of slowing down decisions a little bit more at certain points. But most of it, I think if we did go and make those calls in those moments, we would have been stuck way back. Mm, mm. It's compressing the time horizon between decision and action. And that <clears throat> the gap that people don't realise, it's like if you compound those gaps of time over that 20-year span, talking like years and years of execution and iteration. Yeah. That's... Very Compounding delays of potential opportunity. Um, that, that's an interesting way to frame it. It's like a negative compound effect. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like idea interest. Yeah. You're, it's going to decay. Yeah. It's a decay. Yes. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like so, a like a real short high flight, yeah, and it's like, yeah. well, that's no longer. And often that can even happen with like so the. You know the emotion and the feeling you get when you when you get a new idea, mm. and there's that like peak of like excitement, mm. and often like 24 hours later you're like you're really pretty excited, mm. and then like but the longer that time span goes, even if you haven't considered reasons why it won't work, mm. it just naturally you kind of lose that buzz of the room of the conversation, whatever it is, and then you when you finally do decide to do it, you just don't have that same like fire mm. inside you. And, 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 and I agree and getting over that activation energy just to the hills too high. Mm. Um, sometimes that hill can be good <laughs> yeah. because it was a pretty bad idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get in the balance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what about second stage, second time founders? Mm. You know, I, I have a th like... The thought, I guess, let me bring it back. And I put myself in, it's like in my shoes. And the challenge I wrestle with is making sure that, you know, over the last 10 years, I feel like I've made a lot of great decisions, a lot of terrible ones, you know, a lot of mistakes along the way. And I have a view that I will be successful on the next run. But also you want to kind of balance that to make sure you don't get like a delusional sense of self to go like, okay, everything I touch turns to gold. Have you seen that from that, you know, the, the first time founders who, you know, have a great exit and then the second stage they think, you know, all will be well and it, it, it drops off? Have you had any of those kind of interactions before with some of the investments or people you've met? Definitely, I think. Uh, and I think there's a there's a, a mode here and a sort of decision point is like going and building a company is a, you know, that's a brutal concept yeah <laughs> let's go and sacrifice ourselves to <laughs> give birth to this other entity that yeah. exists and then doesn't care about us afterwards and just goes on its own journey yeah um and i, I have i've built little companies and sold them and you know throughout time um um and 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 it's really hard like you kind of you kind of have cheat codes for like, you know, it's like, you know, when you play Super Mario and you like start the game, but you know that little cheat and you can get to like level seven really fast, but you still got to make it through seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. And if you've gotten to seven, eight, nine, ten really fast, you kind of skipped the other ones mm. and you kind of add a little bit of, you know, cheating a little bit, you know, in a way, and you've just going to have, maybe haven't learned the lessons 
and you're you're assuming oh I was really good at this previous industry and I knew exactly everything that was going on and now I'm in here and you tend to get a lot of L's for a mm. while because you just take the hits. You're like, oh, I touched that flower and that was poisonous. And mm. oh, I didn't realize that the that bears come near this water and we shouldn't <laughs> drink there. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> um, so I, I think that's a yeah, and that can that can really hurt. Mm. Like really hurt and 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 shake confidence. Mm. And I think the other one is um you get kind of scared that you want to be successful again and so you're kind of like really actually kind of scared of touching ideas has that happened to you definitely yeah Yeah, look at it and like oh i'm i don't know if i'm ready to create again Mm. maybe i like maybe i that was my best creation and you know just stay away does that thought scare you yeah it's 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 um it crushes my um i feel trapped so like not being creative, I realize this is something I've taken me time to realize. But not being creative, then yeah, that would be you kind of like boxed in that you must get be more successful than before. Mm. Whereas instead, of like just it took me a while to just let that go and go, just go and create mm. and keep creating. And if you know one's going to hit it out of the park, one's not, one's you know, but you still get to keep creating. You're still doing and creating and being a part of like doing what you love. And that's the journey. That's the horizon for me. That's mm. the, um, and then finding other founders to you know, go and do those things and partner with, and they go on that real deep dive journey, but be be there in terms of, you know, creativity and ideation and in the beginning and then along the journey. Maybe there's one I just go on my own single journey on. Mm. That would be a full on experience. I <laughs> <laughs> have a lot of self discovery on that yeah. one, but. Um, I don't know, I think I've found, yeah, I've done better partnering and I've always, I don't know, naturally I've always partnered with someone. Mm. Just I, I realize the weakness inside myself of consistency. This is just self-reflection, right? So mm. I think, you know, and maybe um, what I've also noticed is when you do a second time one, you can overcorrect in some places Um in I never want to do it like that. Yeah, and then then you overcorrect and you get other problems, mm. uh, and, and 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 it's just about yeah. A lot of that's this is just you got to go through a few of the motions to you know unpack that. I, I think I sort of um, started to really um, boil down and you know the feeling which it's probably second time founders have forgotten is the moment when you get product market fit. It, 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 you know what I mean? Like, it's like that happened so long ago yeah. and I've forgotten what it's like when you don't have product market fit and you just keep hitting your head against the wall and no one likes what we're doing. What's yeah. going on here? What is going on? Yeah. What, am I no good at this? Oh, that's a very big uh, battleship. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I am immediately scared. <laughs> no, you should, be, you, should feel, you should feel safe. Okay, good. Yeah. So they're on our side, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. There's no Australian flag. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, and it does have a gun at the front. Um, <laughs> it's been good, cruel world. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a healthy amount of anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think remember rem- that product market fit, um, and then what I think is even harder is to normally what happens. <laughs> this is really brutal, but I, and I know I've made this mistake. Is product market fit happens not in the thing you were focused on? Yeah. And you're like, but we f- we're focusing here, mm. you know, but actually product market fits over there. No, that's a distraction. And we've learned that from our original <laughs> business, not to focus on the distraction. Yes. We should focus on the main game. No, actually you, you haven't got product market fit. Mm. So you actually don't, you're not there. You, that actually rule is the other way around. Yeah. You need to go and skate to the product market fit area and put all in on and yeah. actually literally sunk cost the rest. Yes. And that's, you know, those kinds of things, come from like hungry i need anything to survive yep. product market fit to you know stay focused get yes. not, you know 30 day goals and like six month goals and we don't just get distracted like yep. that's something else yeah we should improve get more we've efficient learnt, we've learned from that yeah we've learned from getting distracted that was bad don't eat those flowers those berries are poisonous you know <laughs> to like actually try every berry you know oh that gives me energy 
let's go. You know, like, <laughs> that one killed Steve. Yeah, Steve died on that one, you know. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah. And, okay, there's a couple of things I'm noticing as we're talking. The first one I want to call out is you're a deep thinker. I can see as certain questions I ask you, like you really truly reflect. Is like self-reflection a process that you've put into your life or something that just comes really naturally to you? Um, I think it's natural. I think I turn ideas over continuously. I have a bit of a, there's a problem with that as I think I live a lot in the future and mm-hmm. sort of I'm constantly planning, mm-hmm. looking back and looking forward, looking back. And, and, and that can mean then a lot of people feel this way that I'm not present. Mm. You know, like, oh, this guy's not even here. He's not even listening to me. And then I'll quote back the last three sentences you told me <laughs> and then give you another idea on top of what you were thinking. Yes. And then say, what? He was thinking, yeah. listening. <laughs> Um, Michelle can probably attest to this. I don't know if it's... <laughs> um, um, I get that feedback a lot. Mm. Like he's not here. Mm. But like it's because I'm trying to work out and where does this fit in? Mm. I'm trying to like calculate the variables and does this align to the trajectory? We're trying to, you know, like you're trying to go for the moon. You've got to hit that right angle. You've got to mm. loop around the earth first and then you're going to go for the moon. I'm like, I'm like... I don't know if we're gonna get back around the other side, like you know, like I, you know. So that's a that's a that's a, that's probably a bug that's turned mm-hmm. into a feature. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the cost of that been in your life? Not being present, I miss out on the moment. Um, I feel like. I try and pull myself back. I just, it's like I have to act. I have to act. So instead of pushing, looking in the future, I have to come back and look in the present Mm. and be here. Mm. Like, hello, hi, (laughs) everyone who's listening. Where are you right now? Look around you. Welcome to your life. The rest of your life just started now. Mm. You know, that kind of vibe. And I need that. I need that. Like, unfortunately, it's tended to be when I get sick. So I just had a really, really bad bad bout of COVID and I was I'm talking like 3x worse than my first really? second. Like just horrendous. And in that moment, I can't do much. Mm. I'm just in my own mind and I'm like, and then there's a moment where I just go, wow, I could die one day. <laughs> I should probably check in with life and talk to some, like what's around you. Mm. Um, anytime you have that life-threatening thing, I think, mm. um, or you go to you have, you have something at the hospital, you know, oh. you have an operation. Oh, my son just got three stitches four weeks ago. I had to pin him down while they were feeding him nitrous oxygen for three and a half minutes and he's screaming like, Dad, you've forsaken me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is life? <laughs> <laughs> but you're present, yeah. right? Oh, so you're present. here. <laughs> I wish um, I wasn't, but... <laughs> I think, you know, I yeah. think, like I think, but then you're grateful, mm. you know, for the, for the um, you know, for the health of your mm. son and the opportunities he gets and you, if you, like, yeah, there's... I don't know, I have this weird dynamic and thought about children, unfortunately, which is that you're the bow and arrow and they're the arrow mm. and you get one shot you and you're kind of already done. Mm. And then where it lands and where it goes. Mm. And then the more and more I'm starting to realise that. Like I, I, yeah, it, I, my first responsibility is actually to myself and how I act and they're going to go and copy that. Mm. Mm. I can't helicopter and yep. shift the pieces around. Yeah you know, Machiavelli their life into, you know, I can nudge and help and support and, you know, and discuss, but what I'm doing, they're going to copy. Mm. They're going to go, oh, dad did it like that when he was in that situation. I'm going to borrow that. So everyday actions rather than the things you say. Yeah. That, 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 that helicopter, it's just, you're never going to be able to always be there. Mm. And also when you do that, the child... I think doesn't get comfortable with making mistakes and they fear being wrong. Yeah. Take me to the biggest mistake that you've made in the 20 year journey. One where everything felt like it was going to go horribly wrong and you didn't have that sense of, oh, it'll be fine. We'll get out of here. Is there an example of that? (laughs) I got one right now. I know I'm not supposed to talk about it, so it's... Well, not that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know whether that one necessarily is horribly wrong as well. It'll be very interesting to see mm. what happens. But um, um, I've made, like, some terrible investments. 
Um, but they, in the moment they felt like my whole world was collapsing and mm. was angry. I didn't know how to get out of it. Um, <clears throat> it's funny. Like, I don't I think about some of the, the escalation of the size of them mm. gets more intense. Yeah. Does the feeling get more intense as mm. the scale get, or is it it's kind of like a similar feeling? Same. But it's, it, it's like when you play poker for five bucks or five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. It's kind of like, I think I think humans max out on dopamine. Yep, we just sort of hit max. You know, if we, if we were playing for five bucks of poker, I'd feel exactly the same thing for fifty grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. five hundred grand, same. Yeah, same level. Okay, maybe maybe in the five hundred, you're probably bringing in even yeah, more. Yeah, another another a layer, few more yep, bits yep. in there, but generally. I think like you get quickly, you know, to nine out of 10 and yeah. then the extra last bits are like, you know, immaterial. I, I, you know, I think, um, because I remember signing this, this is a funny story. I remember early on, I signed this hosting contract for this dedicated server and it was just an actual horrible deal. It was like three years and I'd never done this before. And I got myself in this situation. I couldn't afford it. And I, it was for web hosting and I had to back out of it. And the guy let me out of it, but he, I just learned the, most brutal lesson mm. ever. What was that? Like to to really do the numbers, to read the contract carefully, how you get it out of a contract mm. when you get into it, to like actually process the downside mm. and and just go, okay, here's the downside, let's play from there. Yes. And I just never, just didn't hit that level. And now, but like, you know, I look at a contract, I just go straight to the downside yeah. and it just sits with me. Mm. That feeling I had of just like, oh, you're trapped. And, and it's just so uncomfortable, so, like, like boxed. Um, I know that sounds small, but if you imagine no, no. now take that into like putting, you know, $2 million into a, um, I put I put a lot of money uh, into to an investment, and um, it just went horribly wrong. What happened? Just tanked. Yeah. Went the other direction and yeah. had a different actual direction than I thought it was going in, and lost a lot of money. How does and that How does that feel? Like, it, 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 um, let me first help contextualize. Like, relative to your total net worth, like we percentage point ten percent. I think there's two things. One is like like realized cash net worth. Yeah. It was very high. Yes. Okay. It was like, you know, over 50%. Wow. Okay. Terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good learning lesson. <laughs> but like, you know, that's the thing. You get, this, you get cash and you're a mm. young kid and you, yeah. you know, and you, you're, and you're like, you realize that's the kind of things you do. Mm. You go, oh, well, this is what I should double down. I'm really mm. good at roulette. Yeah. Let's go and put it like, on number yeah. 36. You know, <laughs> and how did it feel? Fallacy of what is it? Fallacy of luck or winning on it? You know, yeah. Is it a gambler's fallacy? Some, yeah, yes. I, I'm, I'm inventing. <laughs> I like it. How did it feel? How does that moment feel? To, you know, I had to process loss. Mm. You work so hard to get something, and you feel loss. It's just nasty. Like just a. It's not fun. Mm. And and being okay with that, yeah. And then I think moving to acceptance, yeah. That's that took a while, and then realizing that you've got all this future ahead of you, and that's just the present, and that's done. Are you going to be <clears throat> forced forever to be like that? No, you've got a lot more potential in that. Mm. You know, the people who started companies that have failed, like you know, five, six, seven, eight times, um, and then just gone and made remarkable successes. Mm. And that's a real hard thing, you know, that failure thing. I don't, everyone I think feels this. 100%. You know? So even myself, yeah. I'm like, you know, to, I think to some extent still, mm. you know, you don't like failure. I'm not skating towards mm. it. Mm. Hey, I'm super excited yeah. about failing. Um, but getting comfortable, getting, I think that took me a while and then just felt angry at myself, mm. really angry. It's no one else to blame. Mm. Like you, you can blame, put the point the finger at someone else, but at the end of the day, you were the one that put the money in. Mm. You're the one who pressed the button, and owning that and getting past that, you know, fear, anger is kind of fear. Like you fearing all the loss, fearing what will next happen. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to keep making bad decisions and all this sort of spirally mm. thoughts. Digging that out and then resetting, I think, is kind of yeah. That's that's that that's a big journey. 
It's it sounds like a sounds like a, a a big journey, a tough one. But on, are you? Do you feel on the other side of that? Yeah, and now I think <clears throat> I've also sort of learned to take losses, like and just cut losses a bit earlier. Mm. Like to us, they're smaller. Mm. Oh, that was wrong. Don't hold out. Just cut it. Move on. Keep going. Next, take that loss. And then, then what I notice is you get back and you find really good opportunities. Then you make a win, mm. so we, you know, and that sort of offsets it. And you know, you make sixty percent wins and forty percent losses. You're still up ten. Yeah. You know, no twenty. <laughs> Here I am. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have yes people in your life. Yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> well, like, you know, I'm. I mean, you know, um, just trying to like. Accepting losses in investing mm. is not a natural thing that came to me. It's something which I think if you grew up in that space with finance and stuff and with finance people, it is. But, you know, you had to learn that and mm. that, took me, that was a lesson I had to learn. So as you reflect on everything you've done up to today, what would you say you're most proud of? I think um, honouring my uniqueness and creative approach to doing things differently to create alpha. I think that's just staying creative and honouring that difference and the, the honour and integrity to myself around that. I think I've stayed true to for, for a very, very long time. I think in the beginning... My first company, I was less, and then I slowly, and it was always there to some extent. But <clears throat> I think a lot over time, I think I've just really started to, yeah. Now, even now, I'm like way off, you know, into off piste, deep into some <laughs> back Alp zone, you know, like with the helicopter, and you know, and I think that that was really important because mm. uh, I come from I come from a very conservative background. My parents are very conservative. Family's very conservative. Um, and so doing that has been, yeah, quite a, quite a, a personal journey. Mm. And <clears throat> if, we, if we were writing the memoir of Fred, would we start today or do you feel like you're just getting started? I think just beginning. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get crazier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting good. Like I'm only just getting good. I feel I was like average. Now I'm getting good. And I think there's a really great zone coming. And I, like I'm, I see glimmers of it. I'm like, oh, you crossed over. Wow. Oh, wow. And then you go back to good and you're like, no. And then I think that's, but there's, the reason why I go back to good is because you're scared of being great. And I think I got to get used to like stepping up. And I think the good is also comfortable. Mm. You can deal with all of the dimensions of your life and what surrounds that in being good, you know, socially, personally, internally, if you fall, loss, you know, all those components. Whereas if you go and play a big game, mm. you know, big table stakes and you can fall like big and you can win big, like that's, you know, and better ideas, more, you've, you've, you've tested more. You've gone deeper. You've got even better people around you. You've got more creativity, more difference, more execution, better execution, better process, more efficient. Like real, like that's, you know what I mean? Like that's good and great, I think. And I'm, yeah, little glimmers. <laughs> that's awesome. One last takeaway for the audience. For anybody today that's nervous about making that leap, what would you say to them? <laughs> so I have something I... Um, <laughs> when, when I get to a point of a decision, uh, I have a line that I use and it's, it's sort of a... <laughs> so, so just background, my, my Myers-Briggs profile is an ENTP, which is a debater. So I will literally fight a point, even if I don't believe in it, just for the sake. So, <laughs> so I have a lot of ways to like make a point, you know, and really get people to a, 
a really good decision. So that's, you know, one thing I work on. But um, I say this, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll this, is, this is my question, which, you know, I ask myself, and I think it's important you to ask you, yourself in that is, do you want to die not knowing? Like, are you comfortable with the acceptance of not knowing? And if you are not, go and do it. But if you are, just let it go. Because you didn't really care. Beautiful. What a, what, a, what a good way to end. French Bester, thank you so much. Thanks very much, Frank. Appreciate it.